got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here, and in today's video, we are going to be discussing Bitcoin. As you guys know, Bitcoin has been in a correction ever since May the 5th. It's down to $32,000 from about $38,000 right now, and a lot of people right now are starting to want to leave the space. In fact, we're going to be looking at today how a large number of people are moving their cryptocurrency onto exchanges. In fact, Bitcoin exchange inflow, as you can see, is sitting at a three-month high. The last time it was this high was in the early part of February. It's actually late January. The fact of the matter is a lot of people are moving their Bitcoin onto exchanges and oftentimes when that occurs, that's because they're scared and they want to sell their Bitcoin on something like Coinbase or Kraken. So what do we make of this? Do we think that Bitcoin goes lower from here? Do we think that Bitcoin starts pushing down to $30,000, down to $28,000? Or Instead, are we going to take a step back, look at the technicals, the fundamentals, see if anything has really changed, and if so, how has it changed, and then come to a realistic and reasonable understanding of where Bitcoin is and where it's going to go? I would much rather do the second rather than freak out and sell. So that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be looking at the technicals, we're going to be looking at the fundamentals, and we're going to see where Bitcoin is most likely to head over the next couple of weeks. I personally think we're getting close to a bottom, but we're going to talk about all of that and more in today's episode of Coffee and Crypto Live. If you do enjoy today's show, make sure to hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and join us 10 a.m. Eastern every single weekday where we go live, bring you the latest technical on-chain and fundamental analysis. And I am joined by Tim, who was so gracious to fill in for me last week. Tim, welcome back. Uh, welcome I'm, back. Hi. Welcome you back. Welcome me I'm, back. I've been here, but yes, it's good. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Great show today. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was pretty straight to the point. We're yeah. also joined, as always, by Smay, who is our technical director. So says the hat. Yes. Yeah, so says the hat. Hello, everybody. I'm a little sniffly, but uh, I'm glad to be here. Boom. Okay, well, those are some pretty quick intros. All right, guys, we got <laughs> 700 people watching already. Really looking forward to today's stream. Very, very excited to be back. We'll talk about the, all of that a little bit later. And how about this three, three-way three split screen? This is pretty yeah. cool. I like this. We're making improvements to this you show. You know what guys. else is pretty cool, Jeb? What is? Some green names. Oh, and I'll man. go ahead and hit you with some green names real oh. quick. Guys, we have, uh, who, who do we have here? I, I, just so many great people. We got Wind People, Sultan of Salt, Trevon Goulet, Matt C, Crypto Alchemist, Grand Riffing Incorporated, Mike Markle, Martin Siebels. I love all of you guys. Why are you loud? I'm not that loud. I don't think so. Amaka. Oh, my gosh. Hi, so many great people in the chat today. I'm, I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad to see you, your beautiful faces. Yeah, we got everybody here, guys. And you know what else we have? We have... A very, very exciting show today. And the reason we have a very exciting show today is because whenever Bitcoin starts moving, it's always exciting. Now, you know, I've, I've learned something, and that is that anxiety and excitement are actually the same emotion. They're just in different directions. So whenever you're feeling anxious about something, it's actually the same emotion as excitement. So instead of being anxious about this drop, what we can be is we can be excited because it's really just the same emotion. We can be excited about the opportunity, that butterflies in your stomach, that light feeling, that feeling like, oh man, my knees are shaky, that that feeling can be anxiety or it can be translated into excitement. I would much rather choose to be excited about this drop right now than anxious about it because I've been in cryptocurrency for almost five years. Here in about two months, I will have been in crypto uh, for five years, under two months. And I'm really telling you from experience that whenever Bitcoin drops the way that it did over the last five days, it's not something that you need to freak out about. Let me just give you some examples and show you some of the things that I've lived through in cryptocurrency. We have dropped 17% in the last four days. In the last, let's see here, 41 days, we've dropped 31.87%. That's pretty rough considering from all-time high, we're down 52%. So that's pretty bad, right? We've dropped 50% in 181 days. Well, I remember just a little over two years ago when I watched Bitcoin drop 50% in a day. That's right. This time it took 181 days. Back then it took 24 hours. And the reason that that happened was because of a massive fundamental shift that took place outside of the Bitcoin market that scared people inside of the Bitcoin market, so therefore had an impact on the Bitcoin market. I'm here today to tell you that that's exactly what we're experiencing. We are experiencing fundamental forces, for the most part, outside of cryptocurrency, having an impact 
in the hearts of the people in cryptocurrency, and that is causing there to be an impact on the price action of Bitcoin. Let me just show you a couple of other examples. Back here in 2021, from about tax day of 2021, all the way to the bottom, Bitcoin dropped 55% in 98 days. Dropped very, very quickly, very, very far. Back here, in November of 2018, we watched Bitcoin drop from $6,300 all the way down to $3,100. In 30 days, it dropped 50%. I remember back here on my very first dip, this was just a couple of months after I got into crypto, Bitcoin dropped from $5,000 to $3,000. It dropped 40% in 13 days. Am I here to tell you that we should be thankful for this drop? I absolutely am. That's exactly what I'm saying. Now, of course, if we're in a tough spot because we shorted, or excuse me, when we longed, when we shouldn't have on leverage, or we're overexposed to Bitcoin, that's unfortunate and that's a t that's that's not great. But what I sh what I am here to say is that for everyone who is set up the way that they should be in crypto, i.e. they have money on the sidelines to try and invest more if they so choose to, they have taken profits at the top, if they are not invested more than they're willing to lose, if you're in that position, if you're set up in the position that we consistently teach about, this is a big opportunity because this entire show is going to show you exactly why the bottom for Bitcoin is close. At least that's what I think, and we're going to talk about that. Let's go ahead and jump on over to CoinMarketCap, and then I want to hear Tim's opinion on that. Let's go ahead and look at Bitcoin here. We can see the last 24 hours, last seven days, last 90 days, and the year to date. By default, CoinMarketCap is not going to show you all of those different metrics. I have come in here and added the 90 day and the year to date. So on coin market cap, just come over here to customize, hit 90 day and year to date. And then those columns will show up here. And for the love of goodness, make sure that you are in dark mode. I don't even know how to turn it on because it's been so long, but I just don't understand why people use light mode on anything if you have the opportunity to. Anywho, Bitcoin is down 5% over the last 24 hours, down 15% over the last seven days, down 24% over the last 90 days, down 31% year to date. That's a pretty big drop there. Definitely would get your bones shaking if you don't know how to think about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and see that as an opportunity. Ethereum's down 5.5% in the last 24 hours, 15% in the last 7 days, 22% in the last 90 days, 36% year to date, i.e. that is 36% down from January the 1st. Binance Coin down, XRP down, Solana down, Cardano down, Terra Luna down, Dogecoin's down, Polkadot's down, Avalanche's down, everything is down. Waves is up 9%, but not a lot of you guys are probably in Waves. If you are, congratulations, you're one of the only people in crypto that is up today. Near Protocol is also doing relatively well. Algo down 15%, Sheep down 12%. Uh, STEPN down 11.75%. Not familiar with that token, not sure how to pronounce it. Kava is down 11% as well. So, Tim, I want to ask you this. We're going to talk about the technicals. We're going to talk about the fundamentals. But let's start with the mindset. What is the mindset that somebody should go into a major market correction like this with? Yeah, you know, so there's this gut feeling. There's this gut feeling that I think everyone, people can say, I'm loving this. That's a lie. That is a lie. Everybody's gut right now in the market is going, oh, gosh. Unless you entered yeah, a short. True. Unless you're one of the bears who is making a lot of money from a short you entered, you're sitting here going, oh, my gosh, what the heck? Uh, this uh, it, The bottom's in soon, right? Uh, it's in soon, right? It's coming at I can definitely next week, that. right? That's how I'm feeling. <laughs> Those are the moments that you are going to have the greatest potential. And I'm not going to sit here and promise the bottom is in. Again, I'm going to go on record and say, I'm going to stick to my original guns and say 32 is what I'm saying. It could go down to 30. Even if you're looking at those charts that I know Kelly showed us last week, 28, 29 are still very much on the table without being like this massive yep. bust to the upflow of Bitcoin. However, you need to take a deep breath, step back. Don't always just operate because because there's this, there's this dynamic. We talked about it a couple times. You do want to operate by your gut, but you also want to know how to read your gut. And right now, this pain that's in your gut right now is actually a good thing, even though it hurts. You got to learn how to read it correctly and respond correctly. And if you're prepared for this, then you're, you're still in a great spot. It's the ones that weren't prepared who thought, oh, no, it, we're to the moon. That they're gonna sit here and say, "Why I didn't see this happening?" Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. No. And I'm not gonna sit here and say that I don't have that same uh, little churning in my gut, as Luke Combs would say. And I'm not saying that that's not what we're feeling. But what I am saying is that we have freedom over those emotions. And what I am saying is that we don't have to surrender our trades and our decisions to those emotions. Now we shouldn't deny them, but we should control them and contain them. That is the difference. Acknowledge. Okay, I'm a little anxious right now, but then say, "Okay, I'm gonna move forward. I'm gonna choose." Okay, no, I. Actually, I'm excited because this is something that I can 
make with what I want. Let's go ahead and jump onto the chart and talk a little bit about Bitcoin. Now, there's a few things here that were amiss back before I was uh, on my unwanted leave. We saw Bitcoin was in a falling wedge, which was wonderful, and we were hoping that we would break bullish out of that. But it looks like on May the 4th, which was, let's see, Wednesday, we did try to break bullish out of it, and that did not last for very long. We rejected it $40,000, and then we started to plummet. The question that I want to ask you guys, was this drop, this five-day, what was it, 14%, 17% drop, 17% drop over the course of four days, was that really built in four days? Was Rome built in four days? Was that drop built in four days? Or was this drop as a result of bearish pressure that had not been released during all of this time over here because we had been in this pattern of setting higher lows? Was this really a four-day drop? Or was it a drop that occurred in the price action in four days but that had built up over the course of the last six months as many of the final weak hands started to lose confidence in Bitcoin? I'm here to tell you that normally, not all the time, but normally when you see a major drop like this towards the end of a correction, because I am going to say that we're towards the end of the correction, maybe not time-wise, but more than likely price-wise, we are probably getting towards the bottom in price. Now, I'm not here to tell you right now how long we can stay down here. That's for a different conversation, but I do think we're getting close to the bottom. 28, 29 is possible, but I think we're close to the bottom. I'm here to tell you that when you get close to the bottom and you see a major drop like this, it's normal a sign that you are seeing the final week hands getting shaken out. Because if you start to see Bitcoin drop down to $28,000, here's what's going to happen. You're going to have Michael Saylor come up with $500 million and he's going to buy Bitcoin. You're going to find Do Kwon over at Terra Luna, the Luna Foundation, come up with a billion dollars and buy Bitcoin. You're going to find all kinds of fund managers that are doing 401ks with many of the, uh, with uh, who is it? Fidelity, who just integrated Bitcoin into their 401ks, start scooping up Bitcoin. You are going to see people that wanted to retire and are using 401ks with Fidelity start to invest in Bitcoin because it's on the low. You're going to start to see the smart money buying. That's my point. Now, what do we want to build a foundation on? Do we want to build a foundation of price and market capitalization on smart money investment that is rock solid and is not going to move and is going to be here for 10 years? Or do we want to build our foundation on weak money that has people coming in, weak hands that have people coming in, buying Bitcoin, and at the slightest sign of trouble, they're going to sell and, and um, help capitulate the market? Now, it's kind of a trick question because we want both. We want those weak hands to come in, but we quickly want them to turn into strong hands. My point is, over the last four days, we have seen many of those weak hands be removed from the equation because they removed themselves from the equation. And now what is getting left are the strong hands. Everyone who is in this chat is more than likely, I can't say for sure, more than likely a strong hand. Let's just go ahead and do analysis on the YouTube channel right now. This stream, I believe, has gotten a lot better since six months ago. But six months ago, it was getting three to 4,000 viewership. Six months ago, most of the YouTube channels on YouTube were growing at five to 10% subscriber growth every single month. And now pretty much all of them have stagnated. What does that tell us? What that tells us is that even as quality on YouTube has continued to increase, retail interest in YouTube has started to decrease. And the reason for that, in my opinion, has a lot to do with the fact that the price is boring. It comes down to why people are in the market in the first place. I promise this will be the last psychological thing I say for just a minute, and then we'll jump into some more TA. A lot of people got into cryptocurrency because it's fun, because NFTs are cool, and because they can get rich quick overnight, become a millionaire in 90 days, and be an Instagram model with a Ferrari. That's why a lot of people got into crypto. That's not what crypto was built on. That's not why crypto exists, and that is not something that actually happens very often. What does happen very often is people get into crypto for the wrong reasons, and then when the Bitcoin starts to drop a little bit because they didn't build their foundation on what Bitcoin was founded on, which was building sound money that we could take financial sovereignty back into our own hands with so that we could build a better future for ourselves because they didn't join the cryptocurrency space with that understanding, they leave because they lost 5%. The people in this chat understand that investing in Bitcoin is actually not about getting rich. It is about becoming sovereign. 
as the weak hands get shaken out, the proportion of people that understand that financial sovereignty concept goes up. The people that understand that financial sovereignty concept are not going to be the people that sell at the first sign of trouble. They're going to be the people that, yeah, they might be a little anxious, but you're going to see Bitcoin drop and you're going to say that's an opportunity. The weak hands are being shaken out. We're going to look at that in the fear and greed index here in just a little bit. Let's look at some of the technicals, though, because... Actually, I'm going to leave this technical for Tim because he's been screaming about this one for four months. I'm going to let you discuss this one. I know exactly one. what you're you talking You know what about. I'm talking about. I'm yeah. not going to steal your thunder on that one. But let's go ahead and take a look at some of our other technicals here because not going to lie to you guys, they're looking pretty rough. Is that a bad thing? Not necessarily because a lot of times at the very bottom of a market, that's when your technical indicators are the most bearish. Let's look at Lux Algo here. You guys know I love Lux Algo. It's one of my favorite technical indicators. You can sign up for it. Link in the description. Use coupon code JEB, J-E-B-B for 20% off at checkout. You will not be sorry. There was a sell signal on the 6th of April that was confirmed on the 9th of April. This was a very good sell signal, as you can see, because even at the end of the candlestick, measuring from the end of the candlestick where it confirmed all the way to the bottom of today's candlestick, that red sell signal that was confirmed led to a 23% drop in 29 days. Very powerful signal. Lux Algo is very strong. Lux Algo also is showing us that we're bottoming out down here mm -hmm. on the bottom reversal band of Lux Algo. The reason that's so significant is because whenever Lux Algo, uh, whenever Bitcoin hits the bottom band, it almost always reverses very quickly. We saw that happen right here. We saw that happen right here. We even saw it happen over here, although it was delayed. But the point of this drop when we hit the reversal zone, the reversal band down here, the bottom band, was that we were not done in time but we were done in price. Bitcoin did hit its more or less, hit its bottom at $30,000 right here, and it would drop down to $29,000, yes, but we pretty much hit the bottom over here, and Lux Algo told us that. So what am I saying? What I'm saying is that right now, Lux Algo is telling us that we're getting very close to the bottom in price. That doesn't mean that we're very close to the bottom in time. We could be another two, three months trading sideways. It might be July before we start rallying. But what I am saying is that I think we're getting pretty close to the price. I could see us dropping as low as 28, but I think the bears would have to fight very, very hard for that. Now, as far as a couple of other technicals, you can see VPVR is now becoming kind of an enemy of us. It was a it was a uh, an ally of us for a while. It was giving us support at 38,000. Now that's resistance. We're going to have to fight back through that. So just mm -hmm. keep that in mind. It's going to be hard to get up above 38,000. Every $1,000 we go to the downside, it gets more difficult to start a new rally, and it means the new rally up to all-time high might be slower when it does finally happen. That's just something to know. Now, I also want to look at TD Sequential because TD Sequential is giving us some interesting news. We're sitting at a 5 that means in the next four days, we're likely to see a bottoming and about two days of rally on Bitcoin. That would be very likely. But Tim, I know you have some technicals well, that you want to share with people. Start, just starting anyway. right where you are, and you can go to my screen on this one, Smith, if you want, but TD Sequential pulling that up. A lot of reds. A lot of reds, but this one green right here just ruined you know, that nine. But as you start kind of trickling down the chart, you go down to the $9 chart, the, sorry, the $12 chart, I don't know why I said nine. Red nine just flashed. We go to the eight hourly chart. We had a red nine back here a couple candles ago. The eight hour, four hour. We had we've had a couple nines now. Then we get a couple one green ones. So it, we're seeing a red five right there as well. But even T sequential, don't just look at that one red five and say, oh okay, it's just a red five. No, like there's there's still a lot of reasons on the T sequential. It's saying that we are overextended to the downside. But the one that I want to talk about, and those who have been watching this show for a while, and like me, you guys are going to be happy. Those who do not like me, I'm sorry. You're just going to listen to this again but bullish rsi divergence <laughs> we do not have except for one time and that was a black swan event because of the pandemic we do not see trend reversals on the daily chart actually happen without it. So I have been talking ever since January about how we need to see daily bullish RSI divergence. Now, I will admit, I fudded myself out. When we started rallying up here and I said, we gotta get above 42. If we get above 42, I'll, I'll reconsider. We got above 42 and I was like, okay, I was wrong. There's not gonna be bullish RSI divergence. This is a weird scenario. I guess we'll kind of treat the war in Ukraine like it was the black swan event. I, don't, I didn't really know what to think. I have been vindicated. And okay. here's what I'm showing you guys right here. Look at this mark right here. We have a very low uh, 20 on the RSI that matched with this $35,000 candle body close back here on the 22nd of January. Now, what is bullish divergence? It's when the price action goes down, but the RSI goes up. Well, that's sure enough. RSI action right here, we are only sitting at 30 at the moment. Now, that doesn't mean we can't go a little lower. This is not me saying this is in fact the bottom. Let's see some candles close and see some green ones form. But as it stands right now, we have what I was asking for, and that is a downtick in the price action. We are low 
lower than 35 with a close because this candle's still active. But look at this one right here from yesterday. We are now officially lower. Now let's see which one closes before a green candle. But we are down ticking in price action. We're still up ticking RSI. That is the daily bullish RSI divergence I have been asking for, saying that we need to see it. And people get upset at me, but here's the thing. What I like about this little downtrend we've seen over the last couple of days is we're doing it in a hurry. When you do things in a hurry, you get overextended. I think Jeb already showed you this. We're overextended on the Bollinger Bands on the daily, the 12 hourly, the four hour, the four hourly, though uh, the one hourly, I think we're riding it, but uh, let's see what the one hourly is doing at the moment. It's not as important as those bigger ones in my opinion, but yeah, we're at the bottom of the Bollinger Bands there. These things happening quickly lead to reverse rallies. As Jeb even pointed out with Lux Algo, I'm not even gonna pull it back up, but we're overextended on Lux Algo. What does this mean when you combine all of these details to technicals we're finally seeing the bullish divergence that we've been waiting for we're seeing um not just a little a massive overextension on the bollinger bands that is leading to an increased ability to have volatility back to the upside and the downside and we're looking at this fear and greed index where we have an 11 we're looking at the chart over the last year look at when we get down this low look it does not take very long before we actually end up rallying back up i'm not saying that this is a confirmation i'm not saying that this is an absolute guarantee but combining these bullish technicals that it doesn't seem like a lot of other charts want to acknowledge how bullish they are when you're looking at the fear and greed index and we know how to read that when we have these low numbers that's the best time to buy and you go and you factor in the, we've been looking at this season and, and acknowledging this is a season of manipulation. This is a season where a lot of we don't understand why price action does what it does. We're going to talk more about that in the discussion section. But I dare you, go look at any news station right now. We look at news uh, newsnow.com. Go look at uh, Cointelegraph. Go look at Coindesk. Go look at news stations talking about crypto. And I guarantee you what you will find is... FUD article, FUD article, FUD article, FUD opinion, FUD opinion, FUD opinion, FUD opinion. What happens when you see news stations reporting like that? They are usually giving you a great indication of the bottom. Also looking at the negativity I see all over the social media right now, there's a lot of people getting kind of very really bearish, to me, that does not scream a continuation to the downside. That actually shows me we're getting very close to the bottom and a lot of things are lining up. Yeah, and I think that I think it's very important that we keep our eyes on all of the technicals as well. So let's go ahead and take a look at another article over here. This is one of the only arguments that Bitcoin could go lower here. Now, I want to be clear. I could see Bitcoin dropping down to 28,000. I don't think that's what's going to happen, although it is possible. I want you to know that that's possible. And if that did occur, it would definitely be very interesting because it would be a lower low than what we set back here in June and July of last year. But if we set that low again this year, then we may end up, uh, hopefully we would end up holding it. I think we would end up holding it. But there's an article over here on Cointelegraph. It talks about Glassnode. Glassnode here is show, it's quoting Glassnode's tweet. Glassnode is showing that exchange inflow right now is at a local three-month high. The last time we saw this high was at the end of January when Bitcoin was trading right about here, right around here, we saw uh, exchange inflows hitting a local high. Well, what happened right here? What happened right here was that Bitcoin ended a major segment of its downtrend. I think we would all agree that this downtrend actually stopped and took a breather as we more or less started to paint a bear flag here, which I've been saying since January that this whole movement right here is encouraging, but it's not very fast. And so therefore it kind of looks like a bear flag and it looks like that may be what is painting right now. In fact, I think I even remember Tim saying that the distance between these two trend lines could be the price target and that would have put yep. us at $31,500, $32,000. Yep. Well, that's where we ended up, guys. That's what the power of technical analysis is. What I want to show you is the fact that whenever we see massive exchange inflows, oftentimes that shows you that there's still weak hands in the market. So as much as that seems like a bearish thing, where did it show up? Where did the Bitcoin exchange inflow volume show up? It showed up at the bottom. So why should we look at exchange inflows and say, oh man, it's going to crash, it's going to crash, it's going to crash. No, the last time we saw a spike in exchange inflow volumes was the bottom because there was a very quick correction. What I think we're going to see happen is very similar to what we saw in January. We're going to see a spike in exchange inflows as more weak hands get shaken out. Then we're going to see some sideways movement down here around wherever we bottom out, might be 32, 
uh, excuse me, 32, might be 30, might be 29. But whenever we do find that bottom, we'll probably trade sideways for a little while, and then we'll probably start a new uptrend here in the next couple of weeks. That may push us to $40,000, may push us to $37,000, might start a bull market. I can't tell you that's a different conversation. The point is the bottom, I believe, is close. Another reason I believe the bottom is close has to do with something called the fear and greed index over on alternative me over on alternative.me, not .com, .me, M-E. Now, Fear and Greed Index is a very powerful technical indicator. I believe you can actually pull it up as an indicator and overlay it on, uh, let me see if I can do this, Fear and Greed Indicator. I think I can pull up Fear and Greed on here. Let's see. We, we were playing that a little bit ago. We, we didn't find one that we liked. I don't if you know find if, a good one, then let I me know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find one I like, but... We didn't find and, one that, that looked like it was clearly giving the information correctly. Fear and Greed... I don't think this is the same fear and greed yeah. index. Let me see if I can no, change I this a little bit. No, there was it's one not. that looked like it said the alternative.me. Really? Yeah, on here? type it in. And greed. Let me see if it's here. Look, down, bottom. Right there? Bot down. down. Right here? Oh, Look. right there. Let's see if that's yeah. it. Let's see if that's it. Um... I don't think that's doing it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I can show it to you on uh, without it having an overlay. Fear and greed, the point is... Whenever fear and greed is very low, let's look at the last year. Let's just take a look at whenever fear and greed gets down to 11 like it did. I dare you. Go back and look at the history of whenever fear and greed got down to 11 or 12 or 13. What happened? January 23rd of this year was the last time we hit 11. By the way, fear and greed index has only been to 10 in the last, well, year. It has not gone below 10 at all. It's at 11 right now. It has bottomed out entirely. January 23rd, what day was that? Well, January 23rd was the exact day that we bottomed out at $34,000, $33,000. In fact, the next day we hit the bottom. The point is, with where fear and greed is, index is right now, it's not only calling that we're close to the bottom, it's actually saying that we have hit the bottom or it's going to be hit within 24 hours. I know what you might be saying. Oh, Jeff, that's only one data point. Let's look at some more data. January 8th, we hit 10. What happened on January 8th? We did indeed hit a bottom at that time. And then we went into a rally. Notice right there, that was at almost exactly the bottom. We rallied 10%. Now, I'm not saying every time you hit 10 on the fear and greed, you're going to go into a bull market. But what I am saying is that the last three times, Times, the time before that being uh, the 21st of July 2021 that was right back over here on the exact day that we bottomed out whenever you hit 10 or 11 on fear and greed that normally means that literally that day or within 48 hours 24 to 48 hours of then you're going to hit the bottom I argue that you're going to see a green candlestick of at least five percent to the upside within the next 72 hours that's what I would say Tim do you have any final thoughts before we move on to super chats no I, I think we've cut that one up pretty good it, it, the the whole point is it's not a guarantee. That's I think people need to walk away and say, just because we're seeing these things, it's not a guarantee this is the bottom. One of the hardest things in the entire world to predict is bottoms and tops of markets. But what's a little easier is predicting getting close to them. And it's not that's not a perfect market either. There's still, for anyone asking, I know we're about to get into Super Chats, there's people asking about uh, the, 20, the 200 weekly SMA. And there's people asking about the bear flag. And those things are legitimate technical analysis uh, tools. However, we'll talk about why those don't have to happen either. There's a lot of don't have to's, but you got to decide based off the research you do for yourself and what you accumulate, how you want to go about it moving forward. And that differs from person to person. Absolutely. So, all right, let's go ahead and jump into some super chats. Do we have anything else we have to do before super chats? Do we have any like sponsors? For no, show? we're going to do that after. Actually. Boom. Okay. All right. Well, we got a couple super chats actually. And I think there's some interesting questions in chat that potentially some of the questions answer. But uh, Francisco Cardona said, hey guys, are you still holding ADEX? I mean, I know I'm holding ADEX, by the way. I haven't touched it since I bought it like five months ago. Yeah, I know. I, I, I don't even actually know what the price of ADEX is at the moment. I'm sure it is down with the rest of the market. Here's the thing. That was when I bought, I'm just to be for myself. When I bought, that was a, I took some money. I said, I'm going to put it here. If this turns to zero, it turns to zero. I, I, this is a newer project. Uh, so, but I'm still holding. I have not, uh, I've not looked at any of that. Did you think any different of that project? No, I think it's, yeah. I think, I think the project's fine. It's just one of those things that's going to take time. The whole Cardano ecosystem is very young, guys. Keep that in mind. We will not sell without letting you guys know we're selling anything. So, uh, to be honest, yeah. I forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Corey uh, said, someone call Life Alert. The market is trying to cripple me. Happy Mondays, guys. <laughs> someone call Life Alert. It's falling and it can't get up. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, all right. Here we go. Here's where it gets into these questions. So, Raymond Svadboda. Svadboda. I think that Svab. Is that another Svab? Svab. Oda. 
I don't know. Fo- I'm dyslexic. Fo- I think. Fo- Boulder. I'm less dyslexic. Is is it fair to say we're heading to the 200 week moving average? I plan on holding for two to four years and want to get in at best opportunity. Would you say DCA? the way down, then I'm going to kind of follow this up with this chat. So we have Jeb, do you disagree with Benjamin Cohen about the possible visiting of 200 week moving average? Um, the other one didn't have to do that. So I'll, I'll read that one here in a bit, but yeah, so this is something I was looking at earlier, Jeb. I don't know if you already have it up on your chart. Uh, what are your thoughts about that 200 week yeah, moving average? You know, I've been watching the 200 week moving average since the second time in Bitcoin's history we hit it, which was back here in December of 2018. Here's what I'll say to that. Is it possible? Yes. Is it likely? I don't think so, but I'm definitely not going to rule it out because we do have three data points in history to show that that can happen. Mm-hmm. One happened in May, uh, excuse me, not May, it happened pretty much the entire year of 2015, happened here at the beginning of 2019, then also happened during the black swan of the pandemic here in the beginning of 2020. Right now, the 20 weekly EMA, is, excuse me, SMA is sitting at uh, sorry, $22,000 in just the next few days. In the next few months, it'll be sitting up at $24,000, $25,000. I think the bottom for Bitcoin could be as low as $24,000. So I'm most certainly not going to sit here and pridefully rule out the possibility of that happening. We did just break the 100 weekly moving average. And a lot of times when you do that, that does indicate that you could go all the way down to the 200. Take a look at some of these times in past. When we broke the 100, we went down to retest the 200. Right here, we broke the 100 and went down and test the 200 just because they were so close together because the market was riding the 100. Back here, we saw the exact same thing occur. After we saw the break of the 100, we went all the way down to the 200. The question that we have to ask ourselves is this. Is this market at all similar to these previous markets? Because the thing you have to keep in mind when you're looking at 10 years of price data on a market that's only 13 years old is that we were in a very different circumstance in 2015 than we were in 2018 and 19, than we were in 2020, than we are now. Is there enough bearishness in the tank to push us to 22k that's what i can't tell you off the top of my head that's also what i just simply don't know is it possible yes what is more likely in my opinion is for the 200 to continue moving to the upside to 26 27 28 thousand dollars and then us hit it at 26 27 28 thousand dollars maybe later on this year rather than it going straight to 22. a lot of people have that misconception you have to extrapolate where the moving average is going we're probably not going to go down to 22k today and hit it where it is right now if we did go down there it would probably take us three four months it might be october before we hit it and at that point the moving average might be at 25,000, and then it gets more likely is it possible yes it does actually have a decent probability of happening potentially uh is yeah. it a bad thing no because if you remember the last three times we saw it happen the only three times we saw it happen every single time kicked off a bull market there was multiple hundred or thousand percent in growth if we did hit the 200 moving average that would be the greatest buying opportunity that you have seen since march of 2020. the other problem with that is that here it's <laughs> going to my screen now smay looking at the exact same thing so this 2000 18,000, these are based off of where you draw where you draw these this support level on this zone we've just been in and that was a bear flag if we're going to call it a bear flag if the price goes down here great you know as jeb just said there's a lot of reasons to think that's bullish here's the problem though if the price doesn't go down here and everyone was waiting for it like for example so if we're going to suggest to you based off of technical analysis you should put a buy zone in right here either at 22 or 20,000 because of this 200 weekly moving average or the bear flag and you put it down there and we do not hit it you will not enter into your trade so there's gonna be a lot of people who are frustrated over that as well now if you believe we are going to hit it this is a, this is a scenario where it's like what do you think is going to happen doing your own research doing your own information finding if you think we're going down that way that low you absolutely should be putting a buy owner buy order at that level if you think we're going down to ten thousand, you should put a buy order there if you think there's a possibility it never hurts to put like what it's called an angel buy or something like that an angel spot um i forgot the word i, I, I don't know what you're talking it's, about it's just you put things in just in case of a wick that drops that low just in case the market does but here's the thing if anyone is just going to sit and hold and not buy until they hit twenty thousand dollars because there's not a guarantee it's going to get that far you could get very disappointed because you don't actually get to enter into a trade or an investment at the bottom of a peak could it happen absolutely will it happen it's not a sure thing that's why we talk about this the way we do is because people will get just as angry if it doesn't get there as if it does get there so uh yeah that's a that's a fun little 
fun little thing to talk about. Yeah, let's go to some more super chats here. Thoughts on the Bitcoin bear flag on the weekly? We just talked about that a little bit here. G code Jedi. Uh, there was a question uh, from. Let's see. It wasn't a super chat, but I thought it was a good question from I the Holder. It said, "Oh well, it wasn't it. Yeah. Do you, do you buy the shift? Smash the like button, baby. Uh, so it was just a." Cleverly worded one. By the shift. Uh, by the shift. Yeah, well, if you bought the shift, then you'd be buying gold right now. And uh, gold is being replaced by Bitcoin. No matter what Bitcoin's price does, its fundamentals haven't changed. So, Last one, and then we'll move Bitcoin. into our conversation. Siobhan Goulet said, how does crypto and greed index work? I'm sorry, say it one more time. Uh, how does the crypto greed and, uh, greed and fear, he meant fear and greed, but uh, fear and greed index work? Well, the cool thing is it actually explains how it works. You can see on my screen right here, volatility makes up 25% of it. Market momentum and volume makes up 25% of it. Social media polls make up 15% of it. Surveys, which are currently paused, they always seem to be paused, are making up 15% of it. Dominance makes up 10% of it, and trends make up 10% of it. I'm not going to have time in this stream to go into all of it, but you can pause and read alternative.me's explanation of where they're uh, indicator here is coming from and how it is generated, the methodology, if you will. But now we're going to have to move on into our discussion. But first, a word from one of our favorite sponsors, iTrust Capital. Guys, if you're not protecting your crypto gains from taxes inside a cryptocurrency IRA, then you should use our link below to open up your own account. They only have products and services that are going to benefit our audience. That's why you should use iTrust Capital and sign up for them right now because everything that we promote, we believe in, and we really do believe this going to help you. You know that iTrust Capital is a sponsor of the channel. They've been very generous to us. They've been very helpful to us. They are actually very helpful to us at Bitcoin 2022 as well. Mm -hmm. They were so gracious as to give us our own room that we are to open up their own room to us, which was very, very nice, very helpful during the conference. A lot of great people over there at the company, and it is definitely a product that you're definitely going to want to check out. If you are investing in Bitcoin and you're buying Bitcoin right now on this dip, which is not a bad idea at all, in my opinion, why not do it in the tax shelter of an IRA? You can do that with the leader in that space, which is iTrust Capital. But let's go ahead and move on. Well, real, real quick, just in, they, if they open a crypto IRA through this link that's in the description. They're going to get a hundred dollar funding, funding reward. So, Thank you very much for yeah. reminding me of that, Tim. Wouldn't want to let them miss out on that game. Free money. Free money. <laughs> yeah, check that out. Hit the link down below and you'll get that hundred bucks. Let's go ahead and move on to our discussion titled "Why You Shouldn't Be Scared." Tim, why shouldn't we be scared? Because fear is of the enemy. That's true. Did you know the most common command in Scripture is "Fear not." Yeah. Well, uh, fear, fear, and the reason why is because fear is crippling. A lot of people, when they're afraid, they actually end up doing either the very much the wrong thing, or they do nothing whatsoever, and that's harmful as well. It, it's not a, it's not a. Don't be concerned. I think that people should be concerned. As I said earlier, every single person, if, if you say you are not a little fearful now, if you say right now your gut is not like irking like you're lying it is there is always going to be that feeling there's always going to be that thought of like oh my gosh it just dropped x amount this many days it could keep going because that is a really a very real possibility but to be fearful is almost like crippling what you need to be doing right now is working on your strategy making sure you're checking with charts making sure you're looking on chain making sure all that heavy research you've done to educate yourself about how markets move how you should invest what your strategy is unless something has broken from the strategy you set up you should continue as normal or start to maybe edit that strategy based off of your research but for people who just start freaking out for example we watched that one piece of evidence where we see inflows right now from whales, there was speculation in that article that a lot of the whales that are liquidating right now, or they're not even necessarily liquidating yet, they're just moving back onto exchanges, are newer whales who have bought within the last I think it said like 12 months. There's not experienced long-lasting whales. These are whales who probably are sitting at a loss. They're probably getting this really gut feeling like, oh, I'm going to lose so much money. I'm done with this. And so they're acting based out of fear. They're not necessarily acting based out of uh, evidence. Now, while there's a lot of speculation about potential dips even further from the likes of people like Peter Schiff, that look at the track record of Peter Schiff. I don't think people should be making their their investment uh, decisions based off what he says. In the same breath, there's a lot of people that are really bullish and a lot of FOMO people out there that you shouldn't be making investment tips based off of them as well. The best thing you can do is continue to surround yourself with people who know more than you, continue to educate yourself, learn more so that you can make informed decisions that are not based in fear, but they're based in reason. And right now, 
there's a lot of reason to believe that the bottom could be very close. That's why I think people really shouldn't be being afraid right now and should be more turning their brains on and because these are the times where millionaires are made in the future. That's absolutely right. You know, most of the billionaires that are, bill I was about to say in existence. I think they were already in existence. They just weren't billionaires yet. Most of the billions of dollars that the billionaires hold were brought into their hands during the 2008 financial crisis. Most very wealthy people right now were either very wealthy before 2000. I'm not talking about they got $2 million. I'm talking about people that have $100 million, $200 million, $500 million, $1 billion, $10 billion, $100 billion. Most of them that were that wealthy, that are that wealthy right now, either became that way during 2008 or at some point before that. Normally, people become very, very, very poor or very, very, very rich during recessions. And the reason is, is that it is a great filter. Recessions are a great filter. They're a great way of filtering out the scared and the people that have weak positions from the people that have strong positions and prepared for this rainy day and pre were prepared to make that move. Because think about it, who is selling the bottom? The person that's selling the bottom is the person that needs the cash and who is not positioned well. The person who is buying the bottom is the person who doesn't need the cash, who probably already has the cash, and who is positioned well. So what that means is that whenever you see the bottom, the people that are getting wrecked are the people that were not positioned correctly because they were either in it for the wrong reason or they were in it in the wrong way. And the people that are making money on the bottoms are the people that were positioned well and they're in it for the right reasons. Or they at least understand how to work in the market for the right reasons in the right way. So what does that mean? Well, whenever you see a major bottom on Bitcoin, the people that had cash on the side and who were able to make the most of it and who did not have to sell, and so therefore they were not scared, and so therefore they did not sell, those people were able to make the most of that bottom. You see people like Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway buying up a billions and billions of dollars worth of property during 2008 while everybody else was selling, while there were tax sales going on around the country because people had foreclosed on their homes and the banks just wanted to get rid of the house so they didn't have to worry about it and had somebody to take care of the property for them. That The people that were going around buying homes on a 75% discount during 2008, don't you think they made a lot of money? Uh, yeah, they did. That's not to say you can't make money in real estate during a boom time, but the people that were able to go around and buy those dips are rich right now because they did. And it's not all about money, guys, but the point is, if you're going to make money in this space, you need to be able to be positioned to make the most of these drops. Because if you're in a position right now where you're going to freak out and say, oh my gosh, I got to sell everything because I have to pay bills. Unfortunately, you're not in a great position. The good news is you can learn from the positioning that you're in right now for next time. How do I get myself into the position where I can make the most of these drops? That's what we need to view this as. That's what we need to view these drops as. Not as a threat, because if it is a threat, that means that we've made a mistake. The market is not a moral monster. It does not make mistakes. The market just is. I'm not going to accuse my laptop of hating me, right? Because it's an inanimate object. The market is an inanimate object. It doesn't hate you. It doesn't want you to fail. It's just doing what it does. So that means if you're not positioned correctly in the market, it either means that you weren't ready to be in crypto because you didn't have the finances from your job, from your savings, from whatever to be in crypto, or you are able to be in crypto and you didn't do it right. And I'm not saying that to attack you, but I do want to have a reality check here. It's important that we understand, hey, if we fail, 99% of the time, that's on us. Now, there are things that occur, you know, people break in and steal our wallet, you know, whatever, that's never happened to me, but, you know, there are things that happen that are outside of our control. 99% of the time when we are failing in the market, it's our fault. That's a tough pill to swallow. But when you do, you will have the freedom to understand, wait a minute, if I'm responsible for my own mistakes, if I'm responsible for my own bad positioning, then that actually means I have the power to not make those mistakes. That means I have the power not to be beholden to the federal government. That means that I have the power not to be beholden to the market and blame it. That means that I actually have the power to go forth and make money in the cryptocurrency space. That's why we talk about psychology so much on this channel. It's just as important, if not more important, to understand the psychology and the mindset that goes into trading and investing as it is to understand trading and investing. You have to understand how to think about these markets because yes, the fruit of you working in crypto is you going forth and making trades, but who's making the trade? It's you. If you give me all of the instruments that a neurosurgeon needs, I'm gonna, like, that's not gonna end well, you know? I won't mess that guy up. It's gonna be bad. I'm gonna go to jail, you know? But if I were to go to school for 12 years and study neuro, neuroscience, you know, how to do that surgery, 
then I have invested in myself and I now have the ability to go and do that properly. Giving me the tools is not enough. You have to teach me how to use those tools. And well, a you big know, part of learning the tools is learning the mindset of how and when and where and how and why to use those tools. You know what's interesting about the analogy you just decided to use too, Jeb, is the, when they study surgeons, when they when you're talking about surgeons, surgeons are not not allowed to operate on their family members or a loved one. Why? That's because emotions start coming into the equation. In fact, if you ever meet a doctor who's just cold, callous, they don't don't really seem to care about you. That's a good doctor. Why? Because the further they can distance themselves from the emotional outcome of what they're doing, the better they're able to focus on getting the job done. Same thing in the trading markets. The more you can remove these emotions that are swaying you both positively and negatively and just make really, really good informed decisions based off of metrics, that is going to make you the best investor, the best trader. If you're a DCAer, you're just keep doing your thing. You're do it the way you want to do it. You're going to make money long term up and to the right. But for you traders and, and spot investors, this um, the emotion is one of the biggest killers of your ability to make and lose money. A couple weeks ago on Between Two Coins, we were talking with Smay, where Smay was talking about his investment strategy. And it turns out Smay might be a really one of the most amazing pickers and bottom choosers, right? What he's terrible at is selling uh, uh, yeah, selling at the tops. We, we talked about he, at one point he probably owned at least a couple thousand, if not a couple million Dogecoin, but he sold when it was really low because he thought that was going out because emotions got the best of him. Things came into the equation, got the best of him. He's learning from that. He's getting better. But that's the thing is just because you're good at picking good opportunities and just because you're good at finding bottoms does not mean you'll make money if emotion still comes into the into the equation and affects how you respond. The more you can remove emotion from the equation, similar to that, strat that, that analogy that Jeb just used with doctors and surgeons, the better you'll become at what you're doing. Absolutely. So guys, let's Let's go ahead and take a look at some of the fundamentals because what we need to look at right now, uh, and by the way, Ayer Azad, hi, haven't seen you in chat in a while. Welcome back, buddy. Um, what I want to show you are some of the fundamental developments that have taken place because what we have to do whenever Bitcoin crashes, because this is a crash, <laughs> we, can call a, we can call a horse a horse, it's a crash. Whenever Bitcoin crashes, we can go back to the fundamental because what drives the price action? The technicals on chain and fundamentals, that's what drives the price action, the, the, the investor sentiment. Investor sentiment's pretty bad right now. Not gonna lie on that one. That's why I think the bottom might be a little bit lower. But what are the actual fundamentals that have long-term implications? Well, here's some recent fundamental developments. El Salvador fully adopted an online Bitcoin about a year ago. Much more recently, the Central African Republic, not a very large nation, but it is a nation, adopted Bitcoin fully. Panama is moving in that direction. We have several other examples of nation states moving in that direction. Those are just a three examples. Another thing, Fidelity integrated Bitcoin into 401ks. You can, up to, you can invest up to 20% of your total 401ks holdings with Fidelity into Bitcoin now. Fidelity has about $6 trillion in assets under management. About $2 trillion worth of that is in 401ks. If I'm remembering my numbers correctly, those might not be exactly right, but they're close. 20% of $2 trillion is $400 billion that just got opened up to Bitcoin. That is enough to send Bitcoin skyrocketing. That's going to happen slowly but surely. Strike also integrated Lightning which is a pretty big deal. That allows Strike to process transactions a lot faster, a lot more efficiently to become a mobile payments processor like uh, many others like Apple Pay and whatnot and partner with Cash App for Shopify payments. Now, if you're not familiar with Shopify, I've actually built a Shopify store before. Uh, I believe our merch site is actually built on Shopify. It's an online e-commerce site that almost, if you buy something and it's not from a retailer that you're familiar with, such as you know Walmart or Amazon, it's probably built on a Shopify store. Shopify is the largest e-commerce platform in the world. It is a juggernaut of e-commerce. Huge, huge, huge store. If you've ever seen one of those ads on Shopify or on uh, Facebook that's like, hey, look at this little trinket. Oh my gosh, I'm using this little trinket. And then you go and buy the little trinket, you're buying it on a Shopify store. So that's a pretty big deal. There are a lot of fundamental developments going on right now. They're very bullish. Just wanted to make sure that was out there. Tim, what do you think about that mindset of looking at the fundamentals when the price action is not very encouraging? Well, this is the question we were asking around the table this morning. And, and to be fair, there's a lot that still could be pressing us to the downside with this question. But the 
the question is, what has changed? What has fundamentally changed? And so here's here's where it really gets to. The, the This is what it all boils down to, is in the last couple of months, fundamentally, Bitcoin has not changed. And even in this last couple days, these dips that we've been seeing, nothing has changed other than sentiment, other than opinion-based pieces. There's still a lot of reason to believe that Bitcoin could go to the upside. And the stories that you read, Jeb, are part of it. The other thing that we have to remember is this is the year, at least it has made it, the, the U.S. government has made us believe this, that they, this is the year that we're going to see a little more clarity as far as regulation. Now, again, regulation is not what everyone wants. It's not desirable. But what regulation does is brings in more institutional money. What's the other thing that institutions love to do? They love to buy low. What is the price doing right now? It's starting to go down low. These are all reasons not to be losing your head and freaking out because they still play a part of the narrative of what happens before bull runs. Now, you might be asking the question as a bear is what has changed? And, and you might be saying, no, we've been going down since uh, last November, this has been, again, if if it is, you're right. We don't call this a bear market, but if you've been calling this a bear market, you might say, Tim, Jeb, nothing has changed. We're going to continue to go down. And if that's your argument, if that's your thought, again, I want to encourage every single one of you to continue to do your own research, to continue to form your own opinions. If you have been sitting here throughout all of 2022 saying, no, this is still going down, this was just a pause, well, nothing's changed. Continue to go with that mindset. But for those of you who have seen the signs and you're looking at the things and the adoption going to the upside, the way that we see it, nothing has changed. So my plan is going to continue as it is. Again, there's so much that people want to go ahead and start screaming and yelling and saying Bitcoin's going down to 10,000, 5,000, 20,000, whatever their number is. But again, when I'm looking at all the metrics line up, when I'm looking at a lot of different things, both on-chain, technical, and fundamental in the news, there's a lot of things, in my opinion, still screaming bullish and nothing has changed. So for that reason, I'm going to continue to hold. And I don't have that much. I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I do not have that much more left to be able to invest a whole lot. I have been buying throughout this dip. I bought at certain levels anywhere within 30s. I have not bought above a 40,000, I don't think ever. I've bought a lot of Bitcoin below 40,000. I am running out, but this is not an emotional, oh, I wish that we just rallied for my own sake. It's honestly my personal belief, and we'll see here in the next couple of months if that's vindicated, if it's not. But either way, I know I'm going to be okay because let's say we do dip down to 20,000s. Let's say we even go into the teens, and I'm going to be at a massive loss. Bitcoin will continue to go up into the right long term. It's all about making sure that you have a long-term mindset, not a short-term mindset. Absolutely right, Tim. Well... Let's go ahead and read some super chats, and then we're gonna wrap it out. I think we have a couple here. I'm gonna let's see. Uh, one I see for earlier. sure, and there were some good chat in uh, in the message board as well. So I'll I'll look and find some good questions there. Michael Fernandez says, "Do you think the up and coming hard fork ADA will have a quick pump?" Yes, I think that. Uh, I do think that's going to have a pretty big impact on Bitcoin. In fact, we made several videos recently on you know Vasil and all the different updates that are coming to Cardano. Cardano is sitting at sixty six cents right now, guys. That is a ridiculous steal. Yeah. That is insane. If you remember back when it dropped below a dollar for the first time in February, I told you guys it could go down to 40 or 50 cents. I said that, and it's possible. I do think that Cardano is one of the one of the best buying opportunities that we have seen in a long time on anything. I think it's a better buying opportunity than Bitcoin right now, and the reason is is because it is so 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 far below its fundamentals. Yeah. It's not even funny. It's down eighty percent, and to be honest with you, since it's sitting down here at sixty six cents, it could go lower, and if it does. It's probably going to bottom out uh, around 40 to 50 cents. And if it does, then it's going to be just, oh, my gosh. What does, talk about a buying opportunity. What does make me chuckle, though, is when people just start throwing out numbers and then people start actually gravitating to those numbers. Like, I've seen people throwing out 10 cents Cardano, 30 cents Cardano. You know, if you have a reason for it, great. Go ahead and go with it. But don't don't ever read a chat and say, oh, well, that person said 30 cents, so therefore I should wait for 30 cents. Right. Uh, and here's the thing, people people don't like Cardano. Cardano is definitely one of those projects, you either love it, you hate it, I don't think there's anyone neutral on Nobody's Cardano. Nobody's neutral on ADA, that's uh, true. If you hate Cardano, sell it, don't buy it, and, and just listen to us, and la if, if, if you're right, and we're wrong, and Cardano keeps going down, just continue to watch us get wrecked, and you can just laugh. And you can just laugh at us. Keep talking, and... But if we if we make it, we make it. We're we're not paid by Cardano. That was the other thing. Is someone the other day thought that we were being paid by Tron. I that made me chuckle. That's pretty. Uh, we do not take coin sponsorships. It was no, just Justin a good Sun trade is not opportunity. A sponsor of the channel. And by the way, Greg Gressick, Greg, he texted me. He said, "I watched your video. I invested a trade, and I, I made a two hundred dollar profit on the trade from Tron." Awesome. I wasn't saying it was a good long term hold. I, I don't know that much fundamentally about the project. But according to uh, Token Metrics, which is a great project, and there's I think there's a link for the description. It. 
I just used token metrics. It said that fundamentally there was a lot going on with Tron. So I went and looked at the charts. It had some good charts. So I said, hey, this is a potentially good trade opportunity. Sure enough, it was. You just got to get to a place where you know how to do things for yourself. And again, the point of us YouTubers is not to tell you how to invest. It's to help you watch the market and learn for yourself how to invest. So whether you like us, love us, hate us, whether you want to see us succeed or fail, continue to watch us day in and day out. Subscribe to the channel because that's how you get all those notifications. By the way, YouTube has been it really hard recently for any crypto YouTuber to succeed out there. Uh Uh, They don't send out notifications notifications, but mm-hmm. one of the best ways to do it is to subscribe, hit the bell, share with your friends, make Check sure you, know that you type in Crypto Jeb, Coffee and Crypto Live, but uh, yeah, that's all I got. Check out this chart. This chart dropped 95% in 670 days. That's a pretty big drop, right? Oh, by the way, that's Amazon, and it hit $5. It's currently at $2,200. You know how that happens? How do you have a 95% drop at the inception of a project or a company and then see it rally from the bottom another 66,000% over the next 23 years with good fundamentals and a strong leader and a strong purpose? Amazon is worth $2.5 trillion right now because it is one of the most powerful companies in the world, fundamentally speaking. Now, it's going through a drop right now, but it's a blip on the radar when we're looking at the last 20 years. That's what Cardano is going to look like, in my opinion, because it has some ridiculously strong fundamentals. And is this massive drop going to show up in the same way Amazon did? Probably. Could it go negative? Could it go 95% of the downside? Maybe. If it did, that'd go down to 15 cents. Do I think that's going to happen? No, I don't. The point is, even if we did see a 98% drop in 761 days like we saw on Cardano before, that doesn't mean the project's dead. Price action does not drive price action, except in the short term on the technical side. In the long run, it is driven solely by fundamental development of the project and the public's adoption of the project. Doesn't even have to be the public, adoption of anybody of the project. Cardano is one of those projects that is price action is deceptive. You have to be very careful about reading just price action because if you do and you forget the fundamentals, you will forget that Cardano has some of the most strong, solid, well-researched, most thorough analysis and technology in the entire cryptocurrency industry. It is the cutting edge of blockchain, and it is going to remain that way for so long as Cardano continues to develop in the way that it is right now. And against against common belief, there are DEXs on it. Yes, there are DEXs on it. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Mm Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that was a joke that I did not get. Yeah, I don't think you've been out for the last week. I don't think I got it. I'll, I'll explain to you later. Okay. Nope, it's not a crickets one. People who people who watch Tim's YouTube like, nope, know what I'm funny. talking about. Okay, people who watch YouTube know what I'm talking about when it comes to Cardano and Texas. So, okay, yeah, Texas and Texas, Texas and Texas. There we, there we go. All right, we have one more super chat. It was actually a members chat. Uh, yeah, let's see. Yeah, I, it slipped through the grasp of the chart, so I will have to go find it. Give me one second. I don't see it. I think it's gone. I tried to no. find it too. No, yeah. A, now that you chat. say that, I remember that. Oh man, there's a members chat. I didn't see it. Shoot that. What are we shooting? It, it slipped through the cracks of our our mods getting it. So I do you remember who it was from? I don't. I just saw it was green. Man, I am so sorry to whoever that was. We'll Dang. have to go back and watch it. We'll we'll I will go back and through chat find it and we'll make sure tomorrow that it's red. So. Good deal. I just go Oh, Smay's gonna try and find it. You can find Smay it? is going to try to find it. Hey. Good deal. Oh, I'm saying I scrolled through and I couldn't find it. Oh, you couldn't find it. Okay, we'll go back on the replay and try to find it. Or whoever put that in chat, you can type it again and we will try to find it. Guys, if you enjoyed today's stream, hit that like button. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit that post notification bell. And make sure to follow us on all of our social media at CryptoJeb over on Twitter and Instagram at CryptoJebOfficial over on TikTok. And make sure to check out the sponsor of today's show, I Trust Capital. Tim, do you have any final thoughts to say before we wrap the stream out here in a couple of minutes? I just want people to know, even if you do not like me, I love you. Uh, I just want to remind her, this is the time where you make money. And it might not feel that way right now, but in hindsight, when we see these kinds of dips, these are the times where people make money. And it's not, I can't, promise you that this is the final one but if you do your research and you continue to keep your emotions out of it and you invest wisely you will reap the rewards down the road yeah definitely well let's go ahead maybe we can read enough maybe we can read one last chat here since we have a, a couple of minutes more let's see here i do not 
Oh, oh we what just popped up. Okay. Yeah, dirty, dirty Miner Apparel said, right now is a huge buying opportunity. I definitely agree. Absolutely. There are some really good deals in the market. Yeah, I love you too, guys. Even if you don't like me, I love you guys. We, we love you guys. We want you to succeed. We want you to know just how much we are excited to hear all of the success stories that you guys send us in. And I am very excited to be back. Uh, definitely had an interesting week. I kind of talked about, I'm not going to go into it too much right here because I kind of talked about it on yesterday's Sunday video. But thank you guys so very much for all the encouraging comments. Definitely um, a week of perspective gaining is what that was. And, you know, I talked a lot about the travesty that my wife and I went through on that video. But I also want to mention um what happened with sarah's sister rosie you know she was in the foster care system and she was unfortunately a victim of trafficking and uh i just want to encourage anybody who has somebody in their life that is in a dangerous situation or or might be in a dangerous situation yeah you, know, you haven't heard from them in a while to you know reach out to them and, and for all of the parents out there especially speaking to foster parents um just because somebody does something that you don't like, that doesn't mean to cut them out of your life. You know, check on people, even if they have wronged you in some way, or even if they have genuinely tried to turn their back on you. You know, it, it, you, you never know when reaching out and asking somebody, hey, are you okay, is going to make the difference in life and death. Mm. That's really, really important. And we have that ability to help. And I think that that's important for me to share. So definitely a lot of, lot of things were learned this week. So... Just love on people, check on them, make sure they're doing all right, because uh, you never know what people are going through and, and where they are mentally, but also physically. Anywho, we have one more chat from Matt C. He donated, and uh, you want to read that, Tim? Yeah, he said, uh, it's so great to have you back, Jeb. I hope you know we've all had you and Sarah in our thoughts. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate that, and I appreciate your kind messages over on Twitter, buddy. I read that to Sarah, and she was very encouraged by it. Thank you, guys. Mm -hmm. Really appreciate all the support. Definitely a lot of attacks from the enemy. He doesn't want what we are doing here to succeed. But the good news is we have a vision of what this company and what this channel and what Club DeFi is going to build, and we're going to share the gospel with hundreds of millions, I believe, over a billion people, and we're going to help a whole lot of people, millions of people reach financial sovereignty. We're going to help a lot of people to take back the power of their finances into their own hands so they can surrender it to the Lord and we can build the kingdom of God together. Now, if you're not religious, then you can not think about that last part. I encourage you to, but the whole concept of financial sovereignty, even from a secular standpoint, is really powerful because it means that you have control over your own finances so that somebody else isn't being able to tyrannize you, i.e. the banks or the central governments who are printing the money into oblivion. We have a really big vision here and it is coming true. And be on the lookout for the next round of beta openings for Club DeFi and be on the lookout for when that goes fully live here in the next few months. We don't know exactly when because we're still working out some kinks on the back end, but all the beta testers are really loving Club DeFi. Drop a hashtag Club DeFi in chat if you are a member of Club DeFi. Guys, I really do appreciate everything that you have done, sticking around through the hard times over the last couple of weeks, and we're looking forward to some more good times in the next. Guys, before I go, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching, as always, and I will see you guys in the next video. Peace. Oh, I got a real good feeling. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJeb. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at MacV Media.